0: Welcome into another episode of the Z-Ball Podcast, recording this on a Saturday afternoon in Southern California, a few hours away from the start of the second round. The Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets will start uh, their second round matchup, the conference semifinals in the Western Conference. Um, Mostly all series are wrapped up in the West and East except for one, which is going to Game 7 tomorrow. Uh, We'll discuss that and all the other series that are set, the three other series. Joining me to discuss all that today, from San Diego, California, we got Jay. What up, Jay? What's up, man? How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Exciting first round that has gone through so far. Uh, Congratulations to your Lakers for getting the series win last night versus the Memphis Grizzlies, 4-2. Uh, the seven seed beating the two seed, the Lakers' first uh, series win since October of 2020 when they beat Miami in the NBA Finals to win their 17th championship. So, good to see the Lakers back on track. So, we'll start with that, uh, the Western Conference. Uh, what did you see from your Lakers in the first round matchup versus Memphis?
1: I thought they're very solid, uh, especially on the defensive end. Um, AD has been a, a monster down low, um, altering shots. Um, just when he's on the floor, it's, it's not a day difference, I think. I think the defensive rating drops significantly when not. But uh, I definitely like AD's defensive play offensively. I feel like uh, he has his good games, bad games, pretty inconsistent as a superstar. Lakers um, got a lot of death, man, honestly. Uh, I think Hachimura kind of emerged um, at the right time. He was a former lottery
0: pick, too, right? I believe he was number nine, yeah, in, in 2019 yeah. or something. 2020, maybe? Yeah, but uh, overall, I think he looked good.
1: Um, you know, the silver lining was when LeBron got hurt back, I think the first game after the All-Star break, right, against
0: the Mavs. Uh, yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. He got hurt pretty early, and then he, he, he went out. I mean, you can tell it's that... that the plantar fasciitis thing is still bothering him and then obviously yeah. the, the old age uh 38 and a half almost so
1: yeah for sure you know father the times on the field but it's still reliant with that i think ar really emerged himself as like a legitimate starter maybe more than a role i still a role player but i think his confidence level just skyrocketed once lebron left uh, due to injury so you know there's a lot of good stuff happening but yeah like you said i think lebron was playing kind of tentatively selling for a lot of jumpers um especially with the three-point the jumpers weren't hitting his jumpers uh the jumper was off but that may be due to i don't know maybe just still trying to get, find his rhythm but i'm not too worried about his jump shot though um still drives to the basket i think that he needs to but you can clearly see i think is he's still playing tentatively um I think we're looking good, man. Obviously, I'm a little biased
0: on the Lakers' people, but I think we have our making of a deep run for sure. Okay, for sure, yeah. I mean, the uh, Lakers, uh, great depth they added. Uh, Rob Palinka deserves a lot of credit uh, for literally only giving up one future first round pick to add, basically, I think, three or four uh, good rotational pieces uh, for their, their playoff run and to get them in the play in. Uh, them, alongside Miami, became the first teams to. From the play in to win uh, a playoff series, so that's always good when they can make history. And then LeBron uh tied uh your boy Derek Fisher last night for <laughs> most series win is in NBA history with 40. So <laughs> I don't
1: know, I would not think Derek Fisher is on the record,
0: yeah. Derek Fisher at yeah, 40, and then uh behind uh they're tied for first now behind uh them. Uh, in third place is uh, Robert Ori with thirty
1: nine. So. <laughs> I'm about to say Robert Ory had to be up there. He was awesome.
0: Yeah. 15s. For sure. Yeah. I mean, so it's just funny those t- two role players are alongside LeBron with the top three in, in that in that yeah. t- type of stat. So. That is uh, that is pretty funny,
1: but you know it, it is what it is. Uh, Okay. I think good, good good for uh, LeBron Derek to show those people, but uh, yeah, I think we look really good overall. You yeah. um, know, yeah, I mean, especially on defensive end, man.
0: yeah, defensive. I mean, that's really what set the tone yesterday. I mean, in Game Six, I think really, I mean, Memphis shot what like twenty eight percent in the first quarter. They uh, Lakers got up big early, and then they never looked back from there. They just kept extending the lead, and then uh, defensively, they were just, uh, I mean, just their rotations were excellent. Everyone was. Uh, putting in maximum effort defensively, uh, behind the home crowd. And, uh, I think that's the first, uh, series they've won in front of, uh, the home crowd at formerly st- staples now crypto.com since I think April of 2012 when they beat the nuggets in the first round. So, <laughs>
1: Hey, that, that's quite, quite, quite a while, man.
0: Yeah. Very, very long time ago <laughs> where, where they won wow. a, a playoff series in front of a home crowd. So it's pre- pretty crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think uh, it makes a difference, for sure. Um, obviously, due to COVID, you, you couldn't do that. But, I um, hey mean, we're making a run, man. <laughs> I don't think this is an upset, but I think people would probably view that just because it's the second versus the seventh.
0: Yeah, I think right. it's, I mean, je- technically it's an upset, but I think going into the playoffs, just considering uh, the way Memphis went into the playoffs with all, all the off-court stuff with John Morant and then all the kind of, like, the... They've kind of, uh, I guess, developed a reputation around the NBA as well. Uh, a lot of shit talking before not really doing anything. They haven't really oh, gone. Yeah. Past, they haven't gone even to the conference finals with this core, right? So, yep. even that grit, yeah, yeah. even that grit and grind uh, team back in the early 2000 to mid 2010s, they went to one conference finals at least, right? So, and they weren't never really had those expectations. This team, I guess. Uh, going into this season for sure had a uh, legitimate title aspirations, right? That everyone, the prevailing storyline was right. If John Morant was healthy last season, a lot of people said they would have beat the Warriors in the second round. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that would have happened, but I mean, ultimately they lost to them in six last year in the conference semifinals. Uh, but obviously, yeah, they did lose two, uh, good big men with Brandon Clark and Steven Adams. Uh, Steven Adams, I think, was the the focal point of uh, losing him back in January. I think he's just, he gives, like, every team, like, fits. He's so strong, and, oh, yeah. I mean, he's a really good rebounder, good defender. Uh, obviously, they had Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Defensive Player of the Year, but I think he gets uh, a lot of support from Steven Adams, so that was obviously a big one. And then in Game 6 last night, uh, Luke Kennard being out, I think, was a big difference as well. I think yeah. he's... A very good spacer for them. Uh, the last two seasons, he's been the top three-point shooter by percentage in the NBA. Uh, he's I think they had, in this series, a plus 39 with him on the floor. I think without him on the floor, uh, something like minus 25 or something like that. And then yeah. their three-point shooting when he was on the floor this series was 40%. Um, when he was off the floor, 23% in this series. So, big difference there with spacing and kind of the, the Lakers... Um, defensive schemes and stuff like that so uh but i mean i hopefully just for memphis you can hope that they kind of just uh get the off-court distractions away and uh what do you think uh, about dylan brooks just another one of those pests in the long line of uh that we've seen in lebron's 20-year career going back to deshaun stevenson was the first one you have uh joe kim noah paul pierce uh uh, Jason Terry, Marcus Morris, uh, who else? I, I think uh, Lance Stevenson, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, So, <laughs> so just a lot. It was Pat Bev kind Pat of. Pat Bev of kind of, but I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he was like alongside some of those other guys. So what was your whole thing on Dylan Brooks? I mean, I, I think it was uh, uh, very foolish, but to give the Memphis a little credit, I think some of their physicality... Up front and their defense by Dylan Brooks and some of those uh, Desmond Bain and stuff kind of affected LeBron a little bit in in this oh, series. I agree. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. I agree. They were physical. Um, They're physical with Anthony Davis. The days he wasn't shining well, like they denied the ball very well at times. For AD being physical with them because you know they didn't like the bank. But I mean Dylan Brooks pretty much shines up in the foot. But <laughs> overall, I think he did a very tough job against LeBron being physical. I think that's what you have to do. Like, yeah. If you're playing against him, you got to be physical. But um, obviously, statistic-wise, I think he was probably one of the worst players so far in the playoffs, right?
0: Oh, yeah. He was absolutely terrible. I mean, he's yeah. supposed to be like his role is a 3 and D guy, right? But yep. And he was just a D guy in this series, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, he yeah. pretty much shot. I went to Game 3 in person, and he pretty much... Oh, yeah. Early on, just like kept chucking up threes and shot them out of that game. They were down 35 9 at the end of the first quarter in that game. And that's what a lot of like local Memphis Grizzlies uh, beat writers and media members are saying. Like, basically, at this point, the way he's shooting, uh, even as good as his defense is, Luke Kennard is more vital and probably a better option to have on the floor than uh, Dylan Brooks just because of his spacing and his. sharp shooting from the the three and i think i mean that's not a good look for him i mean going into uh off season where he's an unrestricted free agent so yeah
1: good. i'm just calling it right now
0: he's going to china or something man.
1: he's going to china oh man <laughs> he's to, no, no, no. but uh probably houston rockets
0: maybe i oh, don't know yeah i mean that that's kind of been floated out there the houston rockets uh i guess he. he bring some toughness and kind of some veteran leadership to a very young team there and a new coach and I'm a Udoka. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Just too much talking from Memphis side, I'm fine in the West. I totally back right on Jaw.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot this year. And then I don't know if you recall last year. I mean, the Lakers were even worse last season. And then there was, I think one regular season game where Memphis came into crypto.com. I think jaw had like a crazy block off the backboard. Uh, they were just running their mouth that whole game to LeBron. It was Ja, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. I think Desmond Bain, I think, was doing the most talking in that one, as kind of yeah, the, I mean, uh, the new team that was taking over. So <laughs> it's, it's not. Know, kind of M.O., though, you know. They, they talk when they haven't really
1: achieved anything yet significant, and you know they can't put their money where their mouth was, and now they're backfired.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Credit in, to the Lakers, no yeah, way. credit to the Lakers for sure. Enough about Memphis. I mean, the Lakers started two and ten. I think they're one of the few teams, if not the only team, to start two and ten and actually get into the the playoffs at the end of the season. So uh, kudos to that. I mean, it it was not looking good for for a good while there. I even went to the the LeBron game when he broke the record, the scoring record, in early February. Even at that point, they were thirteenth place. And that was uh, a few days before the trading deadline. And then from that point, I think they're, I think, I think they're, they've gone, including the playoffs, they've gone, what, like 31, 31 and like 15 or something like that since that oh, point? Since then, yeah. Yeah. And they,
1: uh, they've gone a pretty good streak, but, uh, they make great moves and they gelled so quick getting these pieces this role players you now. It looks like
0: they've been playing together for a while. Yeah, I mean, the pieces definitely fit in really well. I think uh, Jared Vanderbilt was uh, probably the most consistent piece they got out of it, I think, just because of his defense and kind of his yeah. uh, versatility. and But right. o- offensively, I think it's got to be like Rui, especially how he had two 20-point games in the series, I think. So, huge, yeah, yeah huge. For he sure. was... Um, Yeah,
1: definitely. And D'Lo has his moments every now and again when he's
0: hot. He's like a streaky. Yeah, D'Lo's very streaky. I mean, he he was really bad in the playoffs last season. He was bad in the playing game. Uh, Actually, I think he was good in the playing game when they beat the Clippers. But then he was really bad against uh, Memphis when they when they lost last season. Uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even here, he has his games where, when they won, they're doing well. Yeah, but uh, he he had the he had the very the very good game last night in the clincher, thirty-one points and five three pointers. So. Yeah,
1: big time, big time. I mean, he hit those uh, three threes.
0: In yeah, the, what, in game four, game? in game four, right? That was, yeah, they were down yeah. seven in the fourth, 97-90. Yeah. Then he hit three straight three-pointers and put them up by two. And then that was really kind of the catalyst to send it to overtime. So, that game. Yeah, so. big time for sure. All right, uh, enough about the Memphis. Uh, we'll get back to the Lakers in a, in a little bit. But let's talk about the only series in the first round that has yet to be determined. Uh, The two best words in sports, Game 7, tomorrow afternoon, uh, 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time from Golden Wend Center in Sacramento, California. Uh, The three-seed Sacramento Kings versus the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions, the sixth seed. Uh, That series currently tied at 3-3 and without a doubt, in my mind, the best first-round series. So I had originally in that... uh, on the last podcast i picked golden state and 7 in that series i thought going into game 7 both all the the home team would win each game that hasn't happened the home team has uh, lost a game ap- a piece uh, the kings losing game 5 at home the warriors losing game 6 last night at home in fr- at chase center in front of their home crowd in a blowout and uh, i mean it's been an excellent series uh, obviously the warriors uh, the third worst road team in the regular season, um, 11 and 30. So what's your take? I know you had the warriors in six kind of from when we were talking, texting back and forth. So what's your take on tomorrow?
1: Ooh, you know, I know they were down, uh, with all three, two, you was back and forth, you know, even though warriors have to one of the worst world record world, uh, road records, I don't think it really showed in the playoffs. Honestly, they game one and two, were was very winnable games. Um, they didn't play like they were the worst, uh, one of the worst road teams. So I, I was shocked to only see how flat Warriors came out. Maybe they thought Kings were gonna
0: just roll over potentially. And yeah, they just maybe. Came out like very, very nonchalant in my opinion, and Kings took the opportunity took advantage of that. But oof, I did say Warriors in six. I'll still stick with the Warriors
1: since I that's what I pick. I think a lot of momentum with the Kings, especially with that crowd. But that championship veteran pedigree, man, I I could always I always rate that very highly uh, for the NBA. So I'm going to stick with the Warriors. I think they're going to cho- do a better showing, but I think it's going to be a
0: battle. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my pick, Warriors and seven. I think the Warriors pull it out tomorrow. It's uh, and obviously I agree with the experience and uh, championship pedigree, the medal. Uh, obviously, we saw how. That was a big factor in last year's finals, Boston, with Golden yeah, State absolutely. versus Boston. That I think yeah. that's what ultimately pulled Golden State out from a two-one hole, and they won three straight games. Uh, obviously, Draymond helped with that. Draymond was really good in game, f- uh, game five. Excuse me, to get the Warriors the three-two lead. Excellent game, but he was very flat last night. Uh, Stephen Curry, he's been superb, uh, potent all series. Uh, and then for Sacramento, I mean, the best offense in the league. Uh, and then I mean they're 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 not going to go away. I mean they got some dogs there. De'Aaron Fox, even with the splint on his left, uh, I think index finger, he's still uh, putting up good numbers. I mean Demontis Savonis and Kevin Werder have been a big disappointment though in their starting lineup, and oh, all, absolutely. pretty much all I think series.
1: Savonis is getting with, uh, yeah, I mean I think and, uh,
0: I think the unsung hero for the Warriors has been Kevin Looney. I mean he's been absolutely. absolute beast on uh, defensively and on. The boards, yeah, I mean, he's, he's only like six nine. Yeah, I mean, he's been, I think, two games where he had 20-plus rebounds. He's been getting lots of offensive rebounds, lots of second-chance opportunities for Golden State. And then when you give an experienced uh, championship dynasty like that, uh, uh, more and more opportunities, more chances, you're ultimately going to pay the price. And I yeah. think it's, it's going to be a, f- a fun game tomorrow. I think it's going to be... A game that goes down for sure to the last like four or five minutes. I mean, I think so. I think it's yeah. gonna be. I think, but I, I'm gonna stick with my pay. I think the Warriors win, end up winning by like five, six points, something like that, and end okay. up moving to the conference semifinals to face uh, the Lakers. So uh, I, I think that would be the first time those teams faced off in the playoffs since 1987. If I'm not oh. 19, conference semifinals, if I'm not right. mistaken, so. Yeah, I I don't think I don't as far as I know I don't think they've played in another final another playoff series. I I could be wrong, but Other, yeah I can't remember if Kobe, Shaq or uh, yeah I mean I the Kobe, Shaq era, they, I mean they were never really they were a, a bottom level bad. team at that point, right? So yeah, they were pretty bad in uh, the early to the mid nineties. They were good with the run TMC. I they maybe they could have faced off of the Laker against the Lakers during that time, but I'm not. I could be wrong, I'm not sure. So Yeah, me too, but uh,
1: yeah, I'll stick with the Warriors. I think, I'm always curious to see how these very young teams, they're one really of the youngest average age team, right Them in Memphis.
0: I yeah, I mean, they're definitely the youngest team. I mean, I don't know, other than Kevin Werder and Harrison Barnes on that team, I mean, um, does anyone really else have playoff experience coming into this yeah, season? Maybe Trey Lyles, oh, but yeah. other than that, I don't... Think anyone else besides those, those two three guys have any playoff experience? So. Yeah,
1: I'll stick with the words just because their experience down to the wire. Maybe things get a little feel a little nervous, but I've been very impressed by, by De'Aaron Fox. First playoff was like coming out part for him.
0: I mean De'Aaron Fox. I mean man. before that the injury, I think I thought he was the best player in the series. The way he was playing, uh, the Fox, way he was pushing the yeah. pace, ball handling, controlling the tempo, uh. His kind of, his um, athleticism defensively, I think that was really, he was really playing better than anyone in the series, even Stephen Curry, so. Absolutely, yeah. And um, then they really, the Warriors aren't as potent defensively as they were in their early dynasty days, and I think, I think that's why the game could go either way. But I, I'm going to go with the Warriors, I'm going to stick with my pick, we'll agree on that, so. Please, sir. Based on that, we'll have then the Warriors facing off against the Lakers. The Warriors are the sixth seed. The Lakers are the seventh seed. The lowest a seed ever, I think, to win a championship was the nineteen ninety five Rockets, who are the sixth seed. So both wow. of the both of these teams could uh, have a very good chance to to for the Warriors' case to either match that, or in the Lakers' case to uh, to be uh, the lowest seed ever to win a championship. So. The Warriors would have home court in that series. I think game one would start on Tuesday. So, what would be your lean in that series? I'm sorry, what was your question? What would be your lean in that series? We obviously both have the Warriors winning and advancing. So, in that hypothetical scenario, uh, Lakers versus Warriors conference semifinals, Warriors with the home court advantage, uh, who would you be taking and in how many games? Uh well, I made, made my
1: initial bracket. I have uh, Lakers in six. I did have Golden State winning, obviously in six, didn't get it done. Okay. I still had Golden State advances. So I have Lakers in six. I think they're able to steal one. And if you say the first game's on Tuesday, yeah, that benefits the Lakers since you just Warriors get, get one day rest. And depending how it goes, it's like you know you're on the emotional high type thing. And I can see Lakers stealing game one, absolutely, with the extra day rest for LeBron and stuff like that. Um, they match up extremely well. Um, I think AD should have a field day. honestly. Um, you can stretch the force and it's kind of... He's physical, but he's kind of slow, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was out, who else would potentially guard AD? Draymond Green? That's like, I think,
0: think they would have to, have to employ a lot of different kind of... I mean, I think that would be... If that that's the series that's ultimately going to be, which we think it's going to be, I think they're going to employ a lot more Kaminga in that. I I think he would have to get significant more playing time with his youth and athleticism, and kind of his fast twitchiness. Uh, Obviously, I don't. We have he's still very raw, uh, but he's showing a lot of uh, potential for sure. But obviously, they gave up on James Wiseman, and. They got, uh, I mean, Gary Payton back. I mean, he, I think he was a very big part of their championship team last season. And I oh, think absolutely. he's very vital for them this season as well. He's kind of like a Sean Livingston type. Uh, not as good ball handling, but I think he's good off the ball. He can shoot okay. But ultimately, he's a great perimeter defender for them. And I think in, in that series, he would be getting uh, the assignment on LeBron, I think. And then... Because I don't think really Clay at this point is as good defensively with the knee injuries and uh, Curry, they're not gonna make him guard LeBron. He's too small. Yeah, yeah, Jordan there. Poole obviously does is horrible defensively, no matter who he guards, and yeah. <laughs> for sure. and then obviously some of their other guards, Dante Divincenzo. Obviously, they're, they're gonna put Wiggins for sure. He's gonna be the the primary guy that takes LeBron. That's he's yeah. always the the guy that takes the the best other team's best wing guy so he's going to be the he's going to get the LeBron assignment for sure but when he's off the court it's probably going to be Gary Payton he's their the best option but I think I think LeBron will will have an easier time I think and just overall I think the Warriors are not as uh, good defensively as they were before and they are not good as 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 good defensively as Memphis is even without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark so yeah, but they're
1: not, I don't think view them as like a physical team, you know, they're pretty finesse and Lakers kind of get in the paint a lot and they lead the league in free throws as well, attempts. So I could see them get into a free throw line often. Um, I think they did okay against Memphis, but they're a great free throw shooting team. I think it's just a mismatch, honestly, where AD can take advantage. I've seen like you just said, LeBron, he's going to have an easier time picking okay. spots a little better. Uh, I like the Lakers now. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but uh-huh. I think, yeah. objectively speaking,
0: I think Lakers should... Yeah, I, I think, in my eyes, it's a pretty much a toss-up series. that could go either way. I mean, the Warriors have pretty much seen every type of scenario in their playoffs. Their core guys, uh, Draymond, Klay exactly. uh, Thompson, Stephen Curry. So, other than what they've seen in this first round, this is the first time they were down 2-0 in a series ever, in, their, in kind of their run. So that's this is a new scenario for them but which we both you and i think they'll overcome tomorrow afternoon at Golden one center but i i just think ultimately yeah they're get they're they're uh, at a significant disadvantage up front especially with uh kind of the size uh and then kind of the the defense draymond is not at his old levels defensively where he won defensive player of the year i think once and i i just think the lakers are going to punish them and then uh a question for you. Uh, the Lakers signed a clutch client, LeBron's uh, former teammate, Tristan Thompson, a few weeks before the season ended. He's more kind of just been a veteran presence, uh, kind of a cheerleader on the bench so far. Does he get some playing time in this series against the Warriors, considering he played them uh, for four straight finals uh, from 2015 to 2018? Uh,
1: unless someone gets in foul trouble or someone gets hurt, I really don't see it. I no. Mean, like, just like you said, uh just that veteran presence on the team, the cheerleader. I saw him up like every play, which is, is I guess, is fine. Um, I don't think he's with the Kardashians, so I don't think the Kardashian Kurt applies to <laughs> the series.
0: Uh, but Kim but, Kardashian uh, might be at Crypto. I think she was at one of the, a game four or game six for the, this first round I, series. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think they did so. Oh, by the way,
0: I saw Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. Jack Nicholson actually. He came back last night. It was the first time he was at a Lakers game since. I think opening night in twenty twenty one. So.
1: That's crazy. I feel like he's just barely yeah. there
0: nowadays. Yeah, I mean he's eighty six. I mean he's obviously uh, he's probably uh, getting a lot older. So it's probably a lot tougher for him to get into and uh, get getting c- come to a game every day. So, but.
1: Yeah, it you know, was pretty uh, nice to see him. Uh, Laker faithful, obviously, but uh, yeah, overall I think Lakers to take this series.
0: What's your thoughts? Okay, yeah. In my series pick, uh, I'm going to agree. I think think it's going to be a seven-game series. I think the Lakers are going to win in seven. Uh, But I think it's going to be back and forth. I think ultimately the difference for me is going to be the Lakers uh, I think are slightly better as a team defensively, especially up front. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think they're going to be able to get a few more stops kind (laughs) of down the stretch. And then I think Golden State, I think, offensively, obvious. Other than like Wiggins and Curry, those are like the two consistent guys offensively. Aside from that, it's like you're not you don't know what you're gonna get. You get a good clay game, a few of those maybe. Draymond might have yeah. one good game in the series offensively, but exactly. yeah. I think you. I I think I uh, Anthony Davis is gonna be pretty consistent. I think LeBron is gonna be pretty consistent. I think he's gonna have an easier time, kind of. Scoring, uh, especially so. down low, and then I think once he get, kind of gets that going, I think his he's a very streaky shooter, especially the last three seasons. Absolutely,
1: so, yeah. You know, once, he, once he knocks down the three, just like going between, you know. Yeah, yeah. just, yeah. just base, base one, three, or makes like five, five
0: six. So I think he'll get yeah. that going back this uh, in this series, and I think the Lakers uh, will prevail in a, a long, tough, hard uh, battled series in seven games and move on to the conference finals. Agreed. 100%, Matt. All right. We both agree on that. And let's go to the other Western Conference semifinal series. It's starting later today from Denver, Colorado at Ball Arena. The one-seed Denver Nuggets, 53-29 and 29 in the regular season. They dispatched of the eight-seed Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round in five games in a gentleman's sweep, taking on the four-seed Phoenix Suns, who are 45-37, and 37, they dispatched of uh, the five-seed Los Angeles Clippers in the first round, who were without uh, their second-best player for the whole series and without their best player for three uh, games out of the five. Uh, they also won in uh, five games in a gentleman's sweep. And they expended a lot of uh, minutes to their top guys, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre and They were playing... 41, 42 minutes regularly in that series. So what are your initial thoughts here, and what what do you see ultimately happening in, in this series? Ooh.
1: Uh, you know, my bracket, I pick Denver's looking pretty solid, but again, they play Minnesota. They got you know um, Jamal Murray's back healthy. He's kind of looking like it's a Murray in the bubble, um, which is very solid. I think Michael Porter Jr. is uh, – is he here? Is he in?
0: No, he's back. I think the Denver got their uh, full ensemble back there – all their guys yeah. back, I mean, back to what they were in the 2020 playoffs when uh, they went to the conference finals and lost to the Lakers in five. Yeah. Uh, this is a rematch of the 2021 Western Conference semifinals as well. When yeah, they uh, got swept. Yeah, right. they he got, got right. swept, yeah. When yeah. Jokic won the MVP and he got in the brawl, and then obviously there was this the Suns and Four guy. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so, okay. but I think... Um, Injury wise, I don't think they have any really major injuries. Obviously, they have uh, some different role guys from uh, compared to the few years ago. They got a few uh, former Laker players in Kentavious Caldwell-KCP, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Thomas Bryant. They got Christian Brown, the rookie uh, from Kansas. Bruce Brown. Uh, they got they traded. Uh, they got Reggie Jackson in the trade deadline. He I don't think he'll play much. Uh, they have Jeff Green now. So. Uh, I think they have uh, DeAndre Jordan. He's not going to play much, but they have uh, their consistent starting five, which is what uh, Jamal Murray. He's And like you said, he's back to being at the 2020 playoffs. Jamal Murray formal. We saw him uh, dropping 40-point games. Uh, absolutely good defensively. Fast twitch, athletic guy. He's coming back from a gruesome ACL injury uh, that he sustained uh, a little over two years ago. They got, obviously, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, uh, two-time MVP winner. Uh, he probably finished second this season in MVP. And then I think rounding out their starting lineup is what I think. Uh, is it what uh, Bruce Brown or is it uh, Zeke Naji? I'm not sure who the the fifth. Star. I think it's, it's actually KCP actually. Yeah. So okay, so what what what's your pick gonna be? You think in this series? Oh, his
1: tough. Just because, obviously, like you just said, Denver, it's probably one of the most, one of the, in memory, like, overlooked number one seed. Like, everyone's
0: just counting them out. Yeah, for Um, sure. I mean, I think physically, from a physical standpoint, Denver and Salt Lake City are the hardest places to play in the NBA, given the elevation and the altitude. Yeah. And they both do also do have very good hostile crowds and very passionate fan bases. So I think that's a very tough place to play in. And I think... Ultimately, I think for Phoenix, uh, they got Cameron Payne back. I think in the last few games, the last in the first round against the Clippers, I think he's uh, really uh, vital for them, just to kind of give them a little depth. And uh, CP, obviously, he just he's going to be turning, I think, thirty-eight in a few days or maybe in the, within the next week. I think he can't really play. I don't, I don't play more than thirty minutes anymore, given his age and kind of his effectiveness, and then. You definitely can't be playing your top guys, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, consistently 42 minutes on a consistent basis. That's eventually going to catch up to you against a, uh, a, a team with Denver who has good continuity, has good chemistry, uh, good coaching staff. It's ultimately going to catch up to you in this series if that's ultimately what you're going to be depending on. So.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that's a major concern that I saw. You know? Suns so just have no debt. I mean I think Chris Paul was playing heavy minutes because Campaign was out, right? Yeah,
0: he was out I think the first three or four games and then even when Kawhi went down, those games are still close. Uh yeah. <laughs> the games three four and five, so the Clippers were hanging around and had a chance in the fourth, in all three of those fourth quarters to still win those games, which is Absolutely. very surprising. Yeah. I think Clippers would
1: have won if they had a healthy Kawhi P
0: G. Yeah, I mean I think even even with the healthy Kawhi because they had they when Kawhi went down, or some reports are he sustained the injury in game one, they won game one, and then in game two, I think that was close, and uh, they were, that was kind of back and forth, and then but the Phoenix ultimately won it. The way the series is going, the I mean the, the Clippers were definitely the favorites, obviously after that, and then the Kawhi news just hit out of nowhere, and Westbrook. I mean I, I've talked a lot of shit about him, but you got to give him credit. He played better defensively. Uh, it was a much more comfortable role for him. He played really good offensively as well. I mean, he was getting he was a beast on the boards and ultimately yeah. kind of uh, kept them hung hung around. But if even if just Kawhi was there, I don't think Paul George was ever gonna play in that series, regardless kind of of what his status was. He was only gonna play if the Clippers advanced to the second round. Yeah. But yeah. even if they just had Kawhi for the whole series, I think the the Clippers would have won the way it was going the first two games. So.
1: I agree. They were very competitive. Well coached. Um, they have more continuity. At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean Kawhi has been in and out of the lineup. But. Yeah, that's
0: pretty crazy to say. Even though I think the Kawhi and Paul George in four years have only played, I think thirty percent of their games to get, uh, together that's or that's something bad. like that. That's it. So that's crazy. But yeah, obviously with Durant, I mean he's he came on the trade deadline, and even then he's been he was hurt, and so he's only really played. Eight games, yeah. but I think Phoenix won all the, all eight of those games, right? So, yeah, I
1: think they only lost one with Kevin Durant in the lineup, right? Like that was against the Clippers.
0: Yeah, the yeah game yeah. one, yeah. So,
1: um, but you know, again, they have no depth. But like you said, if you're going to play those heavy minutes like that, it's going to catch up. You can't do that for like four straight series, potentially going long, it, potentially going long, and just you're going to burn out at one point. They just have no depth, but. Booker has been balling. He's been a huge benefactor of like KD being on. Oh yeah, Devin
0: like, like, Devin Booker has been. He was absolutely spectacular in the first round. I mean, he's really what yeah. I think kind of sparked them uh, back in that in game two. I, he had that big game and they were able to win. And then a role player for them that was very vital for them in games two and three was Torrey Craig. I think he's going to be important piece in this series as well uh, given kind of uh, in regards to their depth, he's also a former Denver Nugget, so I think uh, they're going to have to kind of use him a lot uh, to uh, guard Murray or Porter just because he, I think Booker's too short I mean, I think he's a decent defender I don't, I don't think he's athletic enough as uh, what's it called uh, Jamal Murray and but I think he's Kind of, he has the speed, but I don't. I don't think he has the strength that Torrey Craig has, and kind of the defensive yeah. prowess. And then Chris Paul obviously has been a great defender his entire career, but uh, he's too old now to keep up with him. And then you can't also also can't have Booker guarding him because that's going to take energy away from Booker offensively and his mid range and his uh, three point shooting. So yeah, man,
1: the cone. Per Patrick of Beverly, Chris Paul, the Cone, you know, he plays inside like the Cone. <laughs> the Cone. <laughs> but, but uh, you know what, I mean, I picked the Suns initially in my bracket, so I'm going to stick with the Suns. But I'm going to say Suns at 7. Okay. Just because man, it's KD and
0: book and stuff. But yeah. if you're going to play those heavy minutes like every single game, I don't know, that's,
1: that's going to be tough. And I think that's going to be extremely tough for Phoenix to keep it consistent that way. But like you said, like, Defensively, the, the defense expend more energy. You know, offense is going to drop. So uh, I'll stick with Suns and seven. With all that being said, but I don't see them winning the championship. To be honest with you, with the lack of depth, it's not existing.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be really tough. I think it's gonna be a seven game series. I'm gonna agree on that as well. But I just think Denver's been waiting two years for this moment. They wanted to get phoenix uh with a fully healthy team they've got that now obviously they didn't think durant would be part of uh the phoenix team that they were facing two years later (laughs) but but ultimately yeah durant came in but mikhail bridges and cam johnson went out jay crowder went out as well so obviously they lost depth like we mentioned uh they got uh tory craig from denver so denver's got their full ensemble they've got their core four guys they're uh health fully healthy starting lineup and i think the continuity is there with them the chemistry i think denver uh like i said one of the best home court advantages in all the nba so i'm gonna go with that's for me is gonna be the difference and i think Jokic, they have different ways to pick apart this uh, uh phoenix team compared to what the clippers the clippers is just mainly uh they're jump shooting and then relying on kind of uh Kawhi and uh, Russell Westbrook's athleticism so I, I think Denver can pick you apart with Jokic run, when they run the offense through Jokic and kind of on that that elbow that low post block where he kind of creates opportunities for their three-point shooter to their other guys and then they can also run it through Jamal Murray with he's a fast twitchy guy super athletic can get to the rim can shoot uh is very uh t- I think six four six five so a th- big athletic point guard so they can throw a lot of different looks offensively uh, versus Phoenix, and I think that's going to be keep Phoenix on their heels, and it's going to wear them out even more than the Clippers wore them out last series. And it's going to be a long seven-game series, and Denver's going to pull it out, in my opinion, at, at, in Game Seven at home, in probably a close game, and move on to the Conference Final, Western Conference Finals. So. We'll disagree on uh, the teams t- to win, but we agree it's going to be a long seven game series. and I'm we'll... not
1: confident my pick <laughs> It's good, the lack of depth, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they never won. Yeah. So, okay, so here's a hot take for you. Is this Phoenix, Phoenix Sun's uh, window? Is this it? Is this a do or die moment? But I, was, you know, I don't
0: do think, think it's tomorrow. at the end of their window, but I think they probably have one more season. I think they'll have their full like they'll have the same team next season but i think next season will be like the last one because that will be they'll fully go into training camp with this team they'll have a few probably additions subtractions at the margins but their their main guys will all be the same and that will be the their chance to build the continuity and the kind of the in those first couple months next season but i mean it wouldn't surprise me if they win this season it's still pretty wide open but i don't have them just advancing here just because Denver's been waiting for this moment in my opinion and I think they're just the more uh kind of uh experienced and kind of uh, more better chemistry at this point and then like I said they can throw a lot of different looks offensively they can run the offense through Jokic and they can run it through up top top of the key with Jamal Murray so just a lot of different looks that they're going to throw and I think that's gonna keep Phoenix on their heels Phoenix guessing and they're not going to be able to hone in defensively because they're Denver's offensive sets, late in games, late pressure situations, uh, in fourth quarters is going to be very unpredictable for them. So. I
1: make a compelling case, man. Uh, I, you know, I don't think an NBA team has had like a superstar midseason actually won the whole thing. Yeah, that's. I've seen uh, it in the yeah. off season, yes, but midway. Well, Yeah,
0: that's what a lot of NBA like uh, media members are saying. Uh, they've there's never really been like. Midway through the season where you acquire the best player on your team and you go on to win a championship I don't think that's ever happened. Obviously, it's happened uh, obviously The Lakers did it in 08. They pr- acquired their second best player And we saw they they went on a really good run and went to the finals and lost I think the closest maybe is like some of like '04. 4 I mean the the Pistons acquired Rasheed Wallace I don't know what you would call him that season. Maybe second third best player and then they won the championship that season but other than that, I, I can't really think of the best player on your team being acquired at the trade deadline, and then you go on and winning a championship. So Yeah,
1: it's pretty rare. I can't even think of one, too. But usually that happens in off-season. Yeah. continuity throughout the whole yeah. season.
0: Yeah, off-season, obviously, it happened for the Celtics when they acquired Garnett in 07, and then they yeah. went on to win the championship. So Yeah. Don't remind me of that. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't remind me. But anyway, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you knew.
1: Just for all reasons, you said. And, like, again, uh, they've been waiting. They've been yeah, waiting.
0: for sure, they've I been, been waiting.
1: My pick, uh, my bracket, so I'll, pick, I'll stick with my original two. I practice. I'll stick with me.
0: Okay. You got Phoenix in seven. I got Denver in seven. Uh, we'll move on to the Eastern Conference side of the, what, the semifinals. Both matchups are set. We'll start with uh, the matchup that uh, very few thought they would see in the conference semifinals on that side of the Eastern Conference bracket. The 8th seed Miami Heat taking on uh, the 5th seed New York Knicks. Uh, And what a series this is going to be. I mean, a lot of um, kind of storylines here on the side and a lot of history here with the 90s uh, bruising Knicks teams. uh, Hard nose where they they battled Miami in those series. Got in lots of uh, fights on the court, off the court. A lot of uh, brewing, a lot of history there, obviously. Pat Riley, a former... uh, Head coach of the New York Knicks. And then just from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, for this series, I really want to see every game that's on ESPN that is broadcast by ESPN has to be done by Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson, which all three have ties to the Knicks organization. And then on TNT, you have to have Stan Van Gundy doing all those games with whoever else, with Brian Anderson or uh, Iron Eagle or whomever just because of uh, the side of Stan Van Gundy, former Heat head coach, former Heat assistant coach. And then the two current head coaches of both respective teams, Tom Thibodeau for the Knicks was a former assistant coach for the Knicks during those uh, battles in the mid, mid to late 90s under Jeff Van Gundy. And he was also assistant coach for Jeff Van Gundy in Houston as well, associate head coach. And then Eric Spolstra as well was an assistant coach during those uh, mid-to-late 90s battles between both of the teams wow. underneath. Uh, and Stan Van Gundy was also on that assistant coaching staff for the for those years. <laughs> so wow, a lot of different wow. storylines, a lot of spicy storylines here. And then obviously, yeah, a lot of, sure. yeah, a lot of the, the Pat Riley was the uh, head coach for the Knicks for, I think, four or five years in the early to mid-90s. Jeff Van Gundy was his assistant coach. And then, obviously, Pat Riley went on to coach Miami and win a championship with them as their head coach. And then now he's still in their front office as their president of basketball operations and as an executive for the past uh, 15 years, ever since uh, Eric Spolster was named head coach in 2008. So a lot of, yeah, different storylines. Obviously, we're going to be seeing a lot of those, like I told you, through text when the series was set. We're going to be seeing a lot of those clips uh the from the fights where jeff van gundy was on the floor getting stomped on by patrick ewing charles oakley a lot of those other tough hard-nosed guys like xavier mcdaniel anthony mason uh some of those point guards there and alan H- uh chris childs charlie ward john starks uh who else uh latrell Sprewell, alan houston and then obviously from miami you had in those days alonzo morning tim hardaway pj brown kurt thomas so Vashawn Leonard, Dan Marley. So a lot of history there between these two teams from a series standpoint. And then obviously the last time they faced off in the playoffs, I think, was twenty twelve in the first round when uh the whole uh the Heatles team, the Miami won that series in five games. That was uh during the lockout year as well. But the Knicks uh haven't been to uh the conference finals since 1999. I, in fact, they've only won a, one playoff series coming into the season since 1999, I think. Or Wow. So um, Carmelo and Amari obviously were the previous iteration of this team. They only won one series together in, I think, four or five seasons, something like that. So, That's wild. <laughs> yeah, and then so now their new core, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, they've won as many series as that previous core which had much higher expectations, I would imagine. So, sure,
1: man. Wow, a lot,
0: of, a lot of great narratives. Yeah, a lot and of great I narratives, storylines for sure. That, But broadcasting standpoint, that has to happen, what I just laid out with the Van Gundys oh, have to be on the, yeah. uh, on the TNT and the ESPN broadcast, respectively. And then on the ESPN side, obviously you have Mark Jackson, New York, Queens native, uh, grew up, went to St. John's for college. He also played for the Knicks in his early years in the NBA. You have Mike Breen, he has uh, been a color guy for local New York Knicks broadcast for a very long time on MSG Network. And you have Jeff Van Gundy, obviously former assistant coach and head coach of the New York Knicks. And a very good friend and mentor to Tom Thibodeau, the current Knicks head coach. So a lot of storylines there. And obviously on the TNT side, we mentioned Stan Van Gundy. He coached the Miami Heat, and he was also on the assistant Coach, when the Heat and the Knicks had a lot of their battles in the mid to late '90s, so so a lot of crazy storylines. It should be fun, but from a serious standpoint, this is uh, it. I, I have has a '90s feel because I think it's going to be you're going to see two very physical teams, right? And oh, You saw the Knicks-Cleveland series. I was totally wrong on that one. My apologies to the Knicks fans. Uh, I thought <laughs> Cleveland was going to win that in seven, but the Knicks just came in and absolutely dominated them from a physicality standpoint, uh, defensively. And a lot of those scores were some of those, uh, scores that you saw in the, in the Knicks, uh, playoff runs in the mid to late nineties. So, and then obviously from on the heat side, uh, major props to them, Jimmy Butler, uh, nicknamed Jimmy Butler now, uh, has been absolute, uh, wonderful offensively since, uh, 2020, uh, uh, He's also earned the, play, the nickname Playoff Jimmy. He doesn't like it so much, but they're also a tough, hard nosed physical defensive team with Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, uh, and some of those other guys. But the Knicks, they have a lot of, uh, I think they have more depth uh, in the series. Uh, Tyler Hero will be out. Yeah, but famous, for sure. So I think, and then D, uh, you have two tough, hard nosed uh, coaches as well. Obviously, Thibodeau, he's the. He's the old school guy. He runs his guy, he's known for running his guys into the ground, having yeah. tough, hard nosed defensive teams, and that's what he has here. So what do you see in this series? Uh and who who do you think will come out on top in how many games? What do you think?
1: Ooh, I think just for the reasons you laid out, obviously my whole ease is shot because I had Milwaukee going through the finals. We're yeah, Milwaukee, <laughs> I
0: mean that's that's a tough go around for Giannis. I mean, getting hurt and Early on, yeah. second quarter, game one, and then missing games two and three. Uh, but you got to give the Heat credit; they won game four and Absolutely. five when when he yeah. when he played, and they made big big comebacks in both of those games. And Jimmy That's Butler, Butler f- Jimmy Willem- yeah, I mean fifty six Willem- in game four, and then I think what forty one in in game six, including or in game five, excuse me, including the that crazy acrobatic uh, lob shot at the end of the fourth quarter to put it into overtime, send it into yeah, overtime. So.
1: That was an amazing performance by Jim. He willed uh, his team to like victory, man. Yeah, was just
0: for, that sure. Kind of performance for
1: sure. But um, in this series, I think, like you said, it's going to be a hard-fought physical series, but I think except just way too much depth again. Um, but Eric Spolchow, so you know, he's going to make adjustments. Probably one of the best coaches in the league, for sure. Underrated in some ways, I think.
0: Yeah, outside of Popovich, I think he's the longest-tenured head coach, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think he started like a video guy, too, right?
0: Uh, yeah, he started actually with the Heat as a video guy back in 1994, 99, 1993, and then he became the
1: assistant coach in 1997. So. That's wild, man. That, that, look at him. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. But I, I will say, man, can, can Jimmy really replicate that performance? Will his team to victory again for like another game, seven-game series? Granted, you beat the Bucks, so maybe... The confidence should be at an all-time high. You just knocked
0: out
1: the number one seed. Um,
0: but I'll go with Knicks. Knicks. in seven. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be. This is gonna be a seven-game series as well. I think what we have all the series I've picked so far. I've picked them in seven. So <laughs> I think they're all going seven. So I mean that'll be great. I mean it'll be even better than the first round, which was uh, pretty good in my opinion from what we saw, what I saw basketball-wise, but. I don't know. I think this is another kind of toss up series to me, like I think the Lakers Warriors kind of series will be. But I I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of uh, partial to Miami. Just I I kind of like their their kind of the Heat culture they call it, and kind of their yeah what they built. They have long tenured head coaches, assistant coaches, executives. Uh, obviously, they have a new core player wise. I I really like Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler offensively. I don't think, can uh, keep up, obviously, the scoring. But I think, uh, at the, also, at the same time, I think he's going to have to without Hero. But I think they get a lot of contributions from other, like, lower-level name guys. And from game to game, it kind of changes. It could be Max Struess one night, You will give you a good shooting game, or Duncan Robinson, or Caleb Martin, or uh, what's it, Gabe Vincent, or uh, some of these other... Kyle Lowry. So, I think... They'll have that kind of edge with the experience for sure. I think I think Knicks have the the edge overall with the depth. I mean, especially kind of their wing guys, Jalen Brunson. You got Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly. He was a good six man for them off the bench. Uh, R.J. Barrett has been good. Uh, Julius Randle was very inconsistent in the first round. I think he has to play a lot better. And obviously, uh, Mitchell Robinson was an absolute beast. He was. Punking Jared Allen and uh, Avin Mobley throughout the entire series in the first round, so I think he was unsung hero for them. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench was good for them as a big man as well. Uh, he's been he's been good and solid for them all season. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Tom Thibodeau. I, you're going to see a lot of low scoring games, a lot of physical play here. Uh, I don't know. I mean, kind of torn here. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Heat and seven. I, I, th- I think uh i'll just go with who i think is the better coach in this one and who can right. kind of make the adjustments and in my opinion that's eric spolstra obviously tom thibodeau is very good and he imprinted his whole philosophy on the last series versus cleveland uh in in round one and absolutely put his identity on that one and i think but i think it will be a lot tougher in this one versus eric spolstra but uh So I'll go Heat and 7 very close, and they'll get back to the conference finals, in my opinion, for the second straight season. But it should be a fun series, and a lot of uh, flashbacks to the 90s we'll be seeing before the series starts tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Game 1, and throughout the entire series from uh, both broadcast coups, in my opinion, on TNT and ESPN. So it should be fun, and it... For those who complain about the fast pace of today's NBA, I think you guys will enjoy this uh, kind of old-school throwback-type series. All right, we'll disagree again on the teams that win the series. So let's move on to the last series uh, of the conference semifinals. This is kind of an old-school rivalry as well. they faced off lots and many times before in the last 40 years. Uh, So we got the... uh, Two-seed Boston Celtics are the defending Eastern Conference champions. They dispatched of the Atlanta Hawks in the first round in six games, taking on the three-seed Philadelphia 76ers, who have uh, presumably the regular season MVP in Joel Embiid. They dispatched of the six-seed Brooklyn Nets in the first round in a sweep in four games. And they have not been to the conference finals since 2001. So Jay, what do you think about this series?
1: Oh, you know, I was I was leaning towards Philly just because of like, okay, maybe this is their time. They've been kind of losing um, second rounds for a while. Uh, obviously, that heartbreaking loss to them uh, to Toronto a few years back. Uh, but again, you know, it, I don't know. It just said right here, uh, Joel Embiid is probably doubtful for Game One. He injured his he was knee right.
0: Yeah, I think he hurt his knee. Yeah, I mean, I think Doc Rivers has uh, stated yesterday or last night that he's yeah doubtful for Game One. I so, mean, it, I mean, their, their title hopes obviously hinges on. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's definitely got to be bad. doubtful. Boston is an eight and a half point favorite in Game One, so.
1: Yeah, without Joel Embiid, and <laughs> B, then he knows how effective he is. But I feel like every time the round's here, he's getting hurt. <laughs> Like, around the second
0: round. Yeah, I mean, he's so a guy that, desirable. he started off his career, I mean, the first two seasons, he didn't play at all, right? So.
1: Yeah, with foot injury, I think, right?
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, so he's he's uh, a big guy, so he's always kind of injury-prone, like like Anthony Davis, so, but...
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and, but, like, I, I mean,
0: I think when he's on the floor, I mean, he's absolutely dominant, so, but I...
1: Absolutely, yeah, for sure, 100%. But without Joel beat, I don't see, and James Harden hasn't been well again. Pretty known at this point. Come playoff time, he just he just falters. You know, he doesn't play particularly well.
0: Um, I mean, can, can we get the old James Hart from the Houston days to kind of? Nah, kinda you're not gonna get, get that off. You're not gonna get that offensively. I think from a standpoint of ball handling and rebounding and setting up others, maybe three point shooting, you'll probably get that. But from yeah. like an offensive standpoint, where he dominates the ball, scores into the thirties and stuff like that. You're not getting that. I think you have to have a, a big series from their young guy, Tyrese Maxey. I think he's really gonna have like that that breakout type series for yeah. Philly to win this one. And then obviously everything runs through Embiid. If he's not like you said, if he's not healthy and if he's not if he's missing multiple games in this series, that's gonna spell uh, doom for Philly. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So with all
1: that being said, um, yeah, Tyrese Maxey. I think he's have a big series for sure. But then, yeah, I think I agree. James Harden at this of his career is just a primary ball handler facilitator. Initiate the offense type that role. Um, we'll see what Tobias Harris does. But uh, i am probably have to
0: go, I'll say, Celtics 6. Yeah, I don't know. The Celtics, uh, they mess around a lot. I mean, I thought they would be playing Miami in the first round. I mean, uh on the last podcast, but they ended up playing Atlanta, and they won in six. I thought even if they played Miami, they would have won in six. They just lose a lot of stupid games. Uh, they they kind of blow leads. Uh, they're not very serious all the time. I don't know if you – I think for sure if Embiid was fully healthy playing this series, they would be primed and kind of ready and wouldn't take them lightly. But I don't know if they will – their psychology will change now with – kind of mb's yep. injuries but and going into like the history between these two teams obviously they faced off a decent amount in the 80s with dr j those guys uh, moses uh andrew tony those type of guys uh versus the the larry bird mikhail teams and the celtics uh got um uh, the best of those for most of those series philly wants some too and then they faced off uh i think in the Early 2000s, they faced off uh, in, the t- in 2010s as well, I think, in the conference semifinals in 2012 when they played off against each other. That was a seven-game series as well. So uh, I think it's it's good to see this. And they faced off, I think, a few times in the late 2010s too, I think, right? I think – I believe so, yeah. I think the last time they played Boston 1-5, that was obviously during the Ben Simmons days and Joel Embiid, I think, in, in 2018, I believe so yeah all right yeah. but for this series yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you boston and six is my pick i think given Embiid's uh injury it, it should probably be in five if i'm being real just the way boston has the depth with their guards tatum and brown the one of the best duels in the league uh marcus smart there malcolm brogdon uh, and they're kind of their their young coach missoula he's not as good as udoka i think but i think he's Stepped in well, and they have good continuity there. Obviously, Robert Williams is a game changer for them, especially defensively. I think he's absolute beast, but he has probably more injury concerns than Joel Embiid even, which is crazy to say. So I know, no, yeah, it's yeah it's so, while, and he's not even as like half the player Embiid is offensively. So yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, he's just a fast, twitchy guy defensively, a long guy, very athletic, and. He's very good defensively but he's got to be in there consistently. I think if he was in there consistently they would have won the finals uh against uh, last season against the Warriors but you made I, a great for that absolutely. Yeah. So I will agree with you on this one. Uh we we'll, are both taking Boston in 6. Uh, but uh I think they'll play around lose some leads and which should which will cause Philly to win uh uh two games but Philly blows a lot of leads as well with their their coach, Doc Rivers, so... <laughs> very
1: well-known, yeah.
0: Yeah, they blow series leads, uh, Doc Rivers, and he, they blow a lot of uh, big double-digit leads in games as well, so so kind of torn that way. But, yeah, Boston is for sure the pick. Uh, I think too much depth the Boston, and I think they're the more veteran-laden, experienced team, even with their young guys, given that Philly has not had uh, consistent deep playoff runs in a very long time, so... We'll agree on Boston and six. Uh, any any other thoughts, or uh, you want to throw in at this series? If Jordan
1: B is out, it's gonna be a gentleman's sweep, sure. Okay. Um, that's hundred percent.
0: Yeah, if he's out for like two or three games, done man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, either way, I'll I'll say six with Boston. But just because of the they blow a lot of stupid games, they did blow a lot of stupid games in the regular season, and even towards the end of the season, and against Atlanta. They blew, like, game five. They shouldn't even have lost that at home, but they just kept playing around. So, all right, we'll agree on that. I guess not much more else to say for that series. They'll wrap up the uh, Western Conference and the Eastern Conference semifinals matchups. Uh, Anything else you want to add in the NBA world? Uh, No, it's been a great first
1: round. I think usually first rounds are kind of hit and miss, but I think overall there's a a lot of good games. Um, obviously love seeing the lakers back in it's it, for me it just does, it doesn't feel right when the lakers aren't in it yeah um, with all the history and stuff but uh, so far i'm thoroughly enjoying the playoffs a lot of good games great individual performances um, yeah it's been great overall i'm excited for uh, what's to come
0: yeah for sure i mean it's been an excellent first round and uh I mean, whether you hate or like, love or hate the Lakers, it's uh, the NBA is always a better product uh, with the Lakers in it. One of the most historic franchises, in my opinion, the most historic, best franchise in NBA history. So it's always good when they're in the playoffs and and are a legitimate title contender. So that that's good going into the second round. But nonetheless, that'll wrap it up for uh, this podcast. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. No Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy the last Game 7 tomorrow at the first round between Sacramento and Golden State. Hope you enjoy all of the conference semifinal matchups, and I'll be back in about two weeks to discuss the Eastern Conference and Western Conference matchups.